am picking up in the middle of an account, so those of you who are studious will go back and read more. And I'm only reading a few verses, beginning at chapter 4, verse 1. And as they were speaking to the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the morrow or tomorrow, for it was already evening. But many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of men came to about 5,000. Let's go over to chapter 5. And in chapter 5, this is the account of, of Ananias and Sapphira, but I want to go a little bit further in chapter 5 uh, at verse number 12. Now many signs and wonders were done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico, a porch. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high honor. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes, both of men and women, so that, even, so, they even, so that they even carried out the sick in the street, into the streets, and laid them on beds and pallets, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. But, but the high priest rose up, and all who were with him, that is, the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them in the common prison. I want to talk from the thought today, don't miss an opportunity. Don't miss an opportunity. Amen. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you, Father, that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire. I thank you, Lord, that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. So thank you for sending your word to us today, and thank you, Lord, for what your word is going to accomplish in our lives this day. Thank you that your word that you have sent to us today will not return to you void. Thank you, Father. We commit this time in your hands. We pray for a fresh anointing of your spirit that I might minister under your anointing, and through your anointing, yokes will be destroyed and burdens removed. This is in the precious name of Jesus that we pray and we thank you. Amen. 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 Don't miss an opportunity. Amen. Tell your neighbor, neighbor. Don't miss an opportunity. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. I want us to pay attention to this message today. Please, ma'am, and please, sir, as I desire that you do every Sunday. Um, you know, I had actually prepared another message, and then the Lord was leading me another way, and I brought my iPad, but then I didn't even put the message on my iPad, so I, got, so I, don't, have, I don't have any excuse now just to go with the flow of the Lord. Amen. Not that I was looking for an excuse, but I believe that God has something to say to us. 
because, you know, we've been dealing with last Sunday, let's grow. You know, we're talking about a healthy church, and we're talking about the, the, the fact that a healthy church is going to be a growing church. Amen? And we need to grow. We need to grow spiritually. We need to grow mentally. We need to grow, grow financially. We need to grow numerically. More people need to hear this gospel. Amen? And it is incumbent upon you and me, followers of Jesus Christ, to get this gospel message out there. But we have to be convinced that this is the message. We have to be convinced about Jesus Christ. Amen? We can't be straddled the fence. You, got to be this, you have to be convinced that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only way to God. He is the only way to salvation. He is the only way to eternal life with the Father. Amen? That, that there is eternal death, amen, and followers of Satan will end up in hell's fire and damnation and live eternally in hell's fire and damnation. The Bible says where the worm of the soul never dies. So, so that conscious part of us that feels, that conscious part of us that knows pain will be aware of what's happening in hell. So don't think that hell doesn't matter because hell does matter, Amen. Right now, it may not matter to you, but I guarantee you that once you get in that situation, if you're going there, it'll matter to you. Amen? We have to be convinced. We have to be convinced, you know, that Jesus is the one that God sent into this world, amen, to show us the Father, but most of all to lead us to the Father. And through his death, through his resurrection, amen, God has made it possible for us to come to faith in him and live eternally with him. It's so critical that we understand this. We should not be doubting the Lord, not those of us who've been sitting under the word of God, amen, on a regular basis. We should not be doubting the Lord. There is, there is, there is undeniable evidence that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, amen, undeniable. It's written in history books. People who are not followers of Christ wrote in Josephus, wrote about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then you have to ask yourself the question, why would these men risk their lives to perpetrate a lie? Amen. If it were not the truth, why would they die? You know, why would they why would they allow their families to be killed? Why would they be drawn and quartered? Amen. Why would they be thrown to wild dogs and lions? Amen. And 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 and, and die a treacherous death. Amen. Why would they allow people to just torture them if this were not the truth? Amen. So we have to be convinced. Even though we were not walking with Jesus, once you become convinced of the resurrection, the Lord will begin to reveal himself to you. Amen. And, and when you're on the path to being convinced, when, when, when you're on the route to being convinced, the Lord will begin to show you things. Amen. Reveal himself to you so that you are convinced that Jesus Christ is the way and that this gospel must be preached. Amen? This gospel must be preached because if this gospel is not preached in each generation, then people who need to know about Jesus will not know about him. Amen? And they will die and go to hell. And if you know the value of a soul, you do not want someone else to die and go to hell. The problem with the church is we want to leave it up to people to make up their own minds without giving them the message. The world, the world, Satan through the world is getting their message out there. 
Every day you see stuff on television that, that tries to blaspheme God and blaspheme the church. So now there's this new program coming on talking about living biblically. Now, 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 what's in that? So you see on the television, man reading the Bible, and they just said, if you read one more thing out of that Bible, I'm going to slap you. I can see some people saying that because people don't want to hear the Bible. They don't want to hear the gospel. And we pick up so much stuff from television, and we allow our minds to be, to be shaped by the world. We don't realize that many of us don't realize that, 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 that television and, 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 and secular music is shaping the way we think. Shaping our actions when we should be being shaped by the Word and Spirit of God. That's where the shaping should come from. We should be renewed in the spirit of our minds. The Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How is your mind going to be renewed except you come into this gospel? And when, 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 when 90% of your time is spent being influenced by the world, then what are you going to believe? So we looked at the early church. We looked at the first century Christians, and we saw how God, God used them. Because first of all, they gave themselves to the Lord. They continued in the apostles' doctrine. They continued in the fellowship and breaking of bread, and the Lord used them that many souls would be saved. So this whole, this whole passage, this whole uh, series that we're doing today is focusing on us being who God wants us to be. Last Sunday I said one of the, the keys to them being successful is that they were and they did. They were Christian. They were not Christian in name. They were followers of Christ. There's a big difference in having a name Christian and being a follower of Jesus Christ. When you are a follower of Christ, you're challenged by, by him in the way that you live, in what you believe, and in what you say. So even if you're doing wrong, if you do wrong, you, the Holy Spirit will not allow you to be comfortable in your sin. So, so if you are a follower of Christ, you can't just live any way or any kind of way and claim the name of Jesus. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? You got to be a Christian. And if you don't know everything that's entailed in being a Christian, God gave you his word. God gave you God gave you apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers and other ministry gifts to teach you the way of the Lord so that man is without excuse. If you don't know, there's no excuse for anybody that's been here for a while not knowing, not knowing, not knowing. And, and, and so as we look at, as we, as we focus on advancing the kingdom, okay, uh, it's important that we understand that we should never miss an opportunity to advance the kingdom. Tell the person next to you, neighbor, don't miss an opportunity to advance the kingdom of heaven. 
Amen. 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 Now, 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 what we're going to look at today in these scriptures, because a lot of times when we think about not missing opportunities, we think about, okay, well, you know, I'm going to go to the mall and, and, and I'm going to meet somebody, and that's an opportunity for me to share Christ. But what the Lord wants us to see today is that even in the midst of attacks of the enemy, that's an opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. We have to see this thing from every perspective. Everything that God allows to come in our lives is not going to be easy. Amen. The Bible says, Jesus said, all who will live, I think Peter said, all who will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation. Amen. In the world, trouble is going to come in your life. In the world, difficulties are going to come in your life. It's going to come. It is guaranteed that it is going to come. I don't care how much you fast and pray. It's coming. I don't care how much you rebuke that trouble. It's coming. It's coming. And if God, if God allows the trouble, or if God sends the trouble, it's for a purpose. It's for a purpose. All you have to do is look at the life of Job. Job was a perfect and upright man, the Bible says. Job was doing what he was supposed to do. Now, if Job is doing what he's supposed to do and trouble came, you're not doing what you're supposed to do, then what you expect? And the Bible says that Satan, when the sons of God, when the angels got together and Satan was in the midst, he said, he, God said to him, have you considered my servant Job? I don't want to preach about Job today. I want to go back to this. But I just wanted you to, you, that's why you need to read. If I'm preaching about something that you never heard and you've been a Christian for a while, then don't say, Bishop needs to explain the whole thing to me. No, I say to you, go back and get your Bible and read. Because you will never grow like you should grow if the only thing you depend on is what I give to you on Sunday morning. Now, I'm going to try to give you as much as I can. Becomes your personal responsibility. And I can't emphasize that enough, saints. I cannot emphasize that enough because too many Christians don't read the Bible. Too many people, you're too busy. You got, you got too much to do. And the Bible just doesn't fit into your schedule. Now, if the Bible doesn't fit into your schedule, there are going to be some things you don't know. I'm going to get to that in a minute in this message, all right? Let me get that in a minute. So, so we have to understand that attacks are going to come in our lives. 
Amen. It's called spiritual warfare. All right? The devil is going to rise up against you. Amen? He is, why will he rise up against you? Once you accept Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, you have now been translated, amen, from the, from the, the kingdom of darkness, uh, the powers of darkness, into the kingdom of the Son of God's love, into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. All right? There has been a spiritual translation that has taken place in your life. Amen. Every time, and you've heard me say this again, every time I talk about this, the best way that I can explain it was, is, is this is what I used to think about when I would see Star Trek. Anybody watch Star Trek? And they, they, they get ready to go from, this, from the spaceship to the outside. They would step in the chamber, and, yeah, and then they would and they'd translate to the outside. All right. So what is taking place spiritually, amen, is that, is that you have, you, you were once in the, in the, under the powers of darkness in the kingdom of Satan, but God has translated you because of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Now, everything may not be right in your life. Say that. Say, everything may not be right in my life. But I have, I have confessed my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe Jesus died for my sins. And God raised him from the dead so that I could be saved and have eternal life. And it is my faith in the finished work of Christ on Calvary that has brought about my salvation. Now... I am in his kingdom. Everything is not right yet. But I am growing in grace and in the knowledge of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. That's critical because, see, the devil will condemn you. And he will make you walk in guilt if you allow him because everything is not right in your life, okay? Now, now listen, now listen. It's critical that we understand this. There are times, amen, that we have to let the wheat and the tares grow together. I want to warn you. I want to warn you, don't be a tear. You got to let the wheat and the weeds grow together sometimes. Don't be a weed. Because Jesus said, that the day is going to come when he sends forth the harvesters or the reapers. They know how to separate. Sometimes if we start separating, we can pull up some wheat with the tares. All right? I know that there are some, there are some, there are some, there are some hardliners in the church. There's some hard liners in the church. Some things we know we can deal with. But some stuff, you know, it's kind of like a fine, God, God, you got to show me how to deal with this or whether I should deal with this or whether I should let this, this wheat and tare grow together. If I let it grow together, you still got it under control. Now, the warning to us is we need to make sure that we are wheat and we are not tares.
So the Bible says if you judge yourself, you won't be judged. Meaning if you judge yourself and you deal with yourself, then you'll correct yourself. All right? All right? All right. So this is, this is all, there's always a self-examination period in our lives, times in our lives that we should always be, and it should be a daily thing, where we are daily examining ourselves. Don't let a day go by without you examining yourself to see if you're walking right with the Lord. To see if there's something that you need to confess, that you need to repent, and that you need to turn from. Why? Because it's critical. God wants to use you to advance his kingdom. God wants to use you to advance his kingdom. Y'all got that? He does. And he's going to present opportunities to you. And they will not always be easy opportunities. Sometimes the opportunity will come in the midst of the attacks of the enemy on your life or on the church. When you look at the history of the church, the church grew when they were persecuted. We tend to get comfortable. Yeah. You, let me ask yourself, let me ask you a question that you don't have to answer, not out loud. So when you are going through something, and you decide to stay away from the church, is that the right thing to do? Don't answer me out loud. Just think about it. Because it would seem like that, that, that when, I'm, when I'm being persecuted, when, when trouble is coming in my life, when, when the devil is attacking me, when, when, when I get up on Sunday morning and, and I have this feeling that I just want to stay in bed, that that's the time for me to press my way. Somebody says there's victory in the press. Oh, my goodness, my goodness. I said there's victory in the pressing. So when, when, when you decide that, that I'm not going to press, I just, I just don't feel like this, you know. I'm just going through too much. I just, I just want to stay at home, and, and I just want to soak. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you stay at home and sulk, you're just giving the devil more of an opportunity to speak into your mind and into your spirit some more negativity. And then to show you when you come back to church and you hear the message the man of God preached about it, then he's going to condemn you because you stayed at home when you should have been at church. Yeah, you know you get that thing. I get that thing. But Bishop, everybody not like you. I want you to be like me. I want you to be like Jesus. Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he knew he was going to be killed. He knew they were coming for him, and he prayed, 
sweat was dropping off of him like drops of blood. And he said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. God, I want to escape from this thing. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Sometimes you want to escape, but you got to say, no, God, nevertheless. Nevertheless, not my will, not my will, but thy will be done. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. So in the midst of, in the midst of life, God presents opportunities to us, amen, to share the gospel because God sent Jesus into, into the world to seek and to save the lost. It's not God's will that anyone perish, but that everybody come to repentance. That's what the Bible says. It's God's will that everyone come to repentance. Amen. And so when we look at the early, when we look at the first century church uh, in the very first days of Christianity, we see believers, we see believers who work diligently to advance the kingdom of heaven. They're very diligent about advancing the kingdom. Amen. So they, 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 they are filled with the Holy Spirit. All right. And, I, and maybe I should have said that earlier, but it's, it's, it's critical that we understand this, that, you know, they weren't doing this on their own. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And the, as we talked about on Wednesday night, if the Spirit of God lives in you, the Spirit of Christ lives in you to form Christ in you, to motivate you, to stir you, to be like Christ, and to do the things that Christ did. Amen. So every one of us needs to be doing what Christ did. Youth, you're not excluded. Young adults, you're not excluded. Okay? If you feel like, you know, and Christians, you hear Christians say this, I'm just not ready yet. Well, if you ain't ready, you need to get ready. Listen, listen, we're getting ready to go somewhere. And you are part of this company, all right? It's like in your house, and you're getting ready to go, and then one of your children and grandchildren says, Daddy, I ain't ready yet. Well, you need to get ready because we're getting ready to go, and we don't have time to be waiting on you. We will leave you behind. Why? Because the king's business requires haste. It is too critical. Listen. Don't be being left out because your, because your focus is somewhere else. So how did the early church, how did the, and I explained early to you the other day, all right, and we'll keep saying early. If you've been to seminary and you study in church history, you're going to keep saying early church. It's kind of hard to get it out of your psyche. But how did the first church, how did they, how did they take advantage of, uh, of the opportunities that were available to them. And they took advantage of every opportunity that was available to them, even in the midst of persecution. The first thing the Lord showed me was that they were in position. They were in position, all right? Simple. They were in position. They were in position physically, but more so they were in position spiritually, all right? So when you say they were in position, what do you mean? Well, there are 
they are followers of Jesus Christ. Okay? And they're continuing the word, so they're continually being built up. But they continue to go to the temple at the hour of prayer. And it's at the temple during the hour of prayer. Y'all wake up. It was at the temple during the hour of prayer that they that are going to the temple that they meet this man at the gate called Beautiful. And he's sitting there begging for money. All right? Peter didn't have to pray, Lord, anoint me now because I'm getting ready to pray for this man. He was already ready. He was already in position. He, glory to God. Amen. Two things. He's in position because he's going to the temple at the hour of prayer. At the hour of prayer, he's going to the temple. Y'all got that? All right. Now, saints of God, you may not meet a whole lot of people who, when you are supposed to be in worship at 11, at 1030, that you need to, that, that you're going to get a chance to, mission, to minister to. But you just might meet somebody who, when you're supposed to be in worship at 1030, they're here for you to minister to. We take time very, very, very lax. But let's move it past coming to church. Because they were, the temple, I explained to you last Sunday, that the temple grounds covered 35 acres of land. So there were thousands of people who were at the temple every day. And when they went at the hour, I mean, they were just doing what they were supposed to do. The Bible says, as you go, make disciples. All right? So that means as you go to your job, as you go to Walmart, as you go uh, 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 to, to school, as you go to your doctor's appointment, as you go. At the time that you're supposed to be going, you got to be in position. Too many of us get out of position because we allow other things to get in the way. We're not where we're supposed to be when we're supposed to be there. What happened to David? When the kings went out to war, David stayed at home. If David had not stayed at home and had gone to battle, when the other kings went to war, he never would have seen Bathsheba on that roof. When you get out of position, then you open up the door for the devil to come in and the devil to cause you to fall. So you can't say the devil made you do it. You made yourself do it because you got out of position. So you're supposed to be at choir rehearsal, but you're somewhere else. You're supposed to be at Bible study, but you're somewhere else. You're supposed to be in worship, but you're somewhere else. You're supposed to be on your job, but you decide. You have an appointment that you're supposed to be, but you decide to cancel it. They were in position. God can't use you when you're not in position. God has set up something. God has orchestrated something, and he's assigned you to it, and you're somewhere else. Stay in position, saints. But they were also in position spiritually, okay, because they were followers of Jesus, okay? They were followers of Jesus. They were actually in character. When they met this man at the gate called Beautiful, begging for alms, they said, 
We don't have silver. We don't have money. But what we have, we give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Well, I said, y'all need to turn the air conditioning on in here because folk are going to sleep on me. On God. You ain't going to sleep on me. Turn the air on. Go, go ahead. Turn it on because it's hot. Amen. Are you following me? Forgive me for that, that, that little distracting thing right there. They were in position. They were in character. They were doing what they were supposed to do. Think about this. So they're on their way to the temple at the hour of prayer. But they're gossiping about somebody. Think about it. They're going to the temple at the hour of prayer but they just got up out of the bed with somebody they weren't married to. They were going to the temple at the hour of prayer, but they just finished doing something they had no business doing. Being in character means that you are who you are supposed to be. You're supposed to be a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. That's not part-time. It's not when you choose to do it and when you don't choose to do it. If you're a follower of Christ, you are a follower of Christ. And you can't say that you're following Christ and you're doing the things of the devil. You can't, you can't, you can't say that because you're not following Jesus. Jesus came to cast Satan out, not invite him in. So they, they, were, they were in position spiritually, meaning that they were who they were supposed to be. Not only were they going to the temple at the hour of prayer, but their lifestyle characterized men of prayer, men of faith, men who followed Jesus. So when the opposition came, they didn't have to try to get back in position. How many of us, when opportunities come to us, we're trying to say, Lord, please forgive me for what I did. Lord, deliver me from this. Get me ready for this. We're serving two masters. Too many people in the church serve two masters. You're trying to serve God on Sunday. But then the rest Sunday evening and the rest of the week, you're trying to serve the devil. You're not in position. God can't use you. Because when the opportunity presents itself, you got to be ready. Opportunity is not waiting on you to get ready. You got to be ready. I think I heard somebody say, opportunity waits on no man. God has a job laid out for you. And the Spirit says, go in on Monday and apply for the job. You're going to get the interview. You wake up on Monday morning and you say, well, you know, I just don't feel like it. God didn't say go Tuesday. He said go Monday. He, and he is not obligated to wait on you to make up your mind. They, they stayed in position. They stayed in position. Amen? And they stayed in position. Huh. 
They knew the message. Somebody said they knew the message. They focused on the message. All morning long, we've been singing about Jesus. What is the gospel? The gospel is about Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes in Bible study, I will go over and over and over things, and I'll ask you questions, and I'm trying to, you know, because you know, people, people are trying to say it their way sometimes. It's, you know, but I'm trying to get you to a point. I'm trying to get you to see something. I'm trying to get you to say it a certain way. Because you need to know the message, Okay. If your mind is off, if, you, if you're chasing rabbits, I need you, no, 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 no. Don't chase any rabbits right now. These are souls. These are souls that need to be saved. Your opinion does not matter. What mama said does not matter. We've got to know the gospel message. You know, we got to get past this thing. Oh, uh, come on, go to church. I need you to hear my bishop. My bishop, maybe you're, no, 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 this is not about, this is not about joining the church. We got too many joined people now. We need some born again people. We need some people on fire with the Holy Ghost. Amen. We need some people who have a zeal for God that is according to knowledge. Jesus said, you must be, to Nicodemus, you must be born again. That which is born of flesh is flesh. And so consequently, there are people, if I would just take a toll in here right now and just throw a question out there about the gospel message, some of you would almost go under your seat because your heart would be palpitated, say, Bishop, don't call my name. And then others of you would go all the way around Robin Hood's bun to give the gospel message. But they, they, they were on point. So, 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 on point means that they didn't even spend time talking about money. They said, silver and gold, we don't have. But what we have, we give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And they caught him by his hand and lifted him up and he immediately got strength in his legs. And went leaping and dancing in the temple. And then the people started coming. Listen, that's why you can't miss an opportunity. You can't miss an opportunity. Because it wasn't just about this man. Let me tell you all something. And this may sound cold. I don't intend for it to sound cold. Please understand. I don't intend to be insensitive. But sometimes when people die in our family, as much as it grieves us, Believers have to be strong enough to be waiting for an opportunity. Lord, I got some nieces and nephews that need to hear about you. I got some sisters and brothers who need to hear about you. You know, you know, it could be a tragic thing, but believers have to have, have to be anointed by God to pull themselves together and be ready for an opportunity to share this gospel. Are you understanding me? I don't mean to be insensitive. Sometimes we grieve like people who have no hope. Bible plainly says that we do not grieve as people who have no hope. Our hope is in Jesus. We didn't come here to stay. We're going to transition one day. So that means our family needs to be ready for the day of our transition. 
I remember when I was in college, my mama lived for a long time after college, but I used to think about, Lord, you know, much as I love my mom and dad, if when they die, way back in college, what is it going to be like? How am I going to deal with it? Yes, I cried, but I was ready to share the gospel. And that's what the Lord is looking for, people who are ready to seize opportunity. But you got to stay focused on the message. Things we, that, that we got to know that, 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 that when God presents the opportunity, if we are focused on the message, God will take care of the rest. He'll take care of the rest. He'll be your rock in a weary land. He'll be your shelter in a time of storm. He will be your bridge over troubled waters. When old people used to say that, I didn't understand what they were talking about. But now I understand that if you stay focused, God will be for you who you need him to be. But your focus has to be to do the will of Almighty God. So you don't miss opportunities. You don't get a chance to pick the opportunity. You don't get a chance to pick the situation. You don't get the chance. Husbands and wives, sometimes the devil can rise up in your house. You don't get the chance to say, Satan, I, I didn't intend for it to come this way. You got to be ready. Because whatever way the devil came, you got to be ready to share the gospel message. Ooh, Lord, have mercy. How many husbands and wives miss it? Because we don't see Jesus, we start seeing the other person. And we start trying to straighten the other person out without keeping ourselves straight. Amen? You got to keep yourself in line with the gospel. Are you listening to me? You got to keep yourself in line with the gospel message. They stay focused. So when the opportunity arose and they were getting ready to be thrown in prison, they'd already preached the message, but I had to go a little bit further because they'd already preached that time and they got ready to throw them in prison. But verse 4 said, but many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of men were, uh, came to about 5,000. Mm. Came to about 5,000. But it didn't stop right there because, see, now the attacks have started coming. Somebody say this. The attacks have started coming. Remember Jesus said, in the world you'll have tribulation? This is what he was talking about. If you're going to follow me, people are going to hate you. If you want to be loved by everybody, then don't follow Jesus. Because if you follow Jesus, people are going to hate you. It will be people in your own family. Just turn and follow Christ. Just start following Christ. Then people will start attacking you. Oh, you think you're holier than thou. Oh, Miss Little Holiness. Oh, y'all go over that tabernacle of praise. They think they're all of that anyhow. While they out that drinking and lying and fornicating and doing all that stuff, and here you are trying to be like them, you need to separate yourself and be who God called you to be. Because you know the truth. I said, you know the truth. This is not my gospel. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is the gospel of Jesus Christ that will win people. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. 
It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. So you got to be ready. People will begin to hate you and draw back from you. And this is when you get to the point where if I have to give up mama, daddy, sister, brother, husband, wife, yeah, even my own life to follow Christ, I'm going to follow him. Because the Lord promised me there is nobody, there is nobody who's given these things up, who's not received much more in this life and the, and, and, and the world to come. What friend of yours is worth your eternal life? What sister, what brother, what cousin, what niece, what nephew of yours is worth your soul? What? Which one? They don't love you enough to respect your faith in Christ. They will not love you when you deny Christ. They will talk about you. They will, they will drag your, look, uh-huh, see, she's, say she all of that. He say up in the church dancing, and now we got them, uh-huh, we see them the way they really are. Lord, have mercy. So I said that wasn't all. I had to go over to the fifth chapter. The, the persecution, the attacks had started coming, but the believers didn't back down. They couldn't back down. You see, when you truly know Jesus, you can't back down. They were convinced that he was the Messiah. They saw him with their own eyes. They put their hand, Thomas put his hand in the Lord's hand. They ate with him. You, you sit up here saying, well, I didn't see all of that. But you got the record. You, got the, you didn't see your mom and daddy get married. <laughs> but you have the record. Say, I have the record. Well, I saw the record. And you believe they were married. Now, why we got to go through all this with people who come to church to believe that Jesus is the Messiah? <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. Persecution started coming. So in chapter 5, in chapter 5, many signs and wonders were done by the apostles. Now, now, now you got to understand that for some people whose hearts have been hardened, it makes no difference what God does. I mean, God was using these people so powerfully. And yes, we, 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 we can see this happening today. That all they had to do, some of them was walk in Peter's shadow, and they were healed. The power was not necessarily in the shadow of, people, of Peter. It was in the faith of the believer. By your faith, you've been made whole. Some of y'all can be healed in here if your faith reached the level that you believe God. You're waiting on me to build your faith. I can't build your faith. Listen, when I go to the gym, I don't want nobody that trying to, trying to help me lift. That ain't helping me. I, I got to lift this thing myself. I may need a spotter, but I found out that the spotter does not lift for me. Am I telling the truth? I got to lift for myself. 
if my muscles ought to become strong. The trainer does not lift for me. I got to do it for myself if I'm to build muscle. I can only teach you. You got to start lifting for yourself. You got to start this process of building your faith for yourself. So, oh, Lord have mercy. Some of you started, you need to accelerate it a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the high priest rose up. Somebody said, but the high priest rose up. Mm-hmm. The devil will raise his head. The devil will raise his head. The devil will rise up. And this is what the Lord is saying to us today. But we came back down when the devil, you remember they had already prayed. They had already prayed, Lord, give us boldness to preach your word in the midst of opposition. So they were already ready. They knew opposition was going to come. How many of you all know opposition is going to come? Let me tell you something. If you get all bent out of shape because somebody is talking about you. When I was hitting the desk, did you hear what I said? You all bent out of shape and upset because somebody don't like you. Somebody That is not persecution. How are you going to stand when the devil really comes at you? How are you going to stand when the devil attacks your body, when the devil takes your children? How are you going to stand when you lose your job? How? And just in case the United States were invaded by a foreign nation that didn't believe in Christianity, and told you you are never to speak in the name of Jesus again. How would you stand? Don't sit back and say, we're the most powerful nation in the world. That can never happen to us. Listen, it's not our weapons and our army that's keeping us safe. If God decided to move his hand at any moment, I don't care what our president says. I don't care what the Congress and the cabinet says. If God decided to move his hand, another nation could come in tomorrow and invade the United States of America. And so you, if you preach in the name of Jesus again, you'll be killed. You think you're going through something because you're having a little bit of problem? Yeah, what you're going through ain't nothing. It's not anything what you're going through. When I see people and read about people who have to go underground and who are working in dangerous territories, you can't even mention their names on Facebook or what social media because their lives are in danger if people find out that they're in these places preaching the gospel. Here we are. We got every opportunity to come to church, and some of you all still miss for no reason. For no reason. You're on your jobs, and the Lord is giving you an opportunity to talk about Jesus, to share the gospel message. Keep your mouths closed. So what if it's your supervisor? He calls you in and tells you that I'm firing you today. How do you handle the situation? 
How do you bring Jesus to bear? You see, it's not enough to say, oh, well, I'll be all right. I got to bring Jesus to bear. I got to bring Jesus into the situation. You know, he is the one. He is the Savior. Read these texts. At every opportunity they had, they brought Jesus in. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. They brought Jesus to bear in the situation. It's not enough to say, oh, it's going to be all right. No, the Lord has a message in this. I need to bring Jesus. I need to talk about Jesus. If our focus is right, we'll talk about Jesus. We'll share the gospel message. That's the good news that brings salvation to people. It's not your responsibility to hear the to, to, to make sure they that, that that they believe the gospel. You sow the seed. You put the gospel message out there. Remember, here they are. One man gets healed, and Peter gets a chance to preach, and five thousand souls are won. So they marvel at the man's healing, but it was a preaching of the gospel that brought 5,000 to Jesus. Preaching of the gospel. This Jesus that you crucified, my goodness, he is the one that God has made Lord in Christ. For God raised him from the dead that you might have eternal life. It's this Jesus So, saints of God, church of the living God, if we want to experience the exponential growth spiritually and physically, numerically, financially, whatever way, I'm not, I'm not preaching a, a prosperity gospel, but we got to come back into this gospel message. We have to be who we're supposed to be. We need to be in position and a part of that is being in character. We have to stay focused on this message. And when the opportunity presents itself, share the message. I could, you know, I could just go through a long list of how I see Christians out of character. But you need to look at yourself and see how on a daily basis you're out of character. Out of character which means you're out of position. And if you're out of position, you're not focused on the message. So if the, if the opportunity presents itself, there's a fleeting opportunity. Here you are trying to get yourself back in line so that you're in a position to share this gospel message. How critical is this to you? How critical is this to you, saints? Young people, how critical is this to you? How critical? How critical? Is it critical enough for you to miss a party to be at the church? Is it critical enough 
for you to stop being friends with some people so that you can be closer to the Lord. Better yet, is it critical enough that when you're with the friends that you're with and they're saying things that, that, that don't honor God and don't glorify God, you stand up and say, no, this is the way it should be. How critical is this to you? Not just young people. This is not being super religious. It's not. It's being who we're supposed to be. If we fall, the Bible says, if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. But remember that first word of that scripture is what? So that means that God is not expecting us to sin. Listen to me. 